a Didn't Ask for Agony podcast. We take old problems, give some new advice that literally no one asked for. Enjoy! Enjoy! Don't need that to happen. Well, maybe that could be the start of the podcast. <laughs> Sponsored by Refreshing Carbonated Beverage. Sponsored by, oh my God, it's hot outside. It's bugging warm. Sponsored by, uh, can Coke taste better than big bottle Coke? Can Coke, oh, 100%. What's your tears? Let's um, get into that. You're a Coke drinker, right? Not Diet Coke? Uh, uh, well, I start, I'm, I, I'll drink whatever, quite frankly. That, that, see, I, pref- I here's the thing. I struggle to take... To think you've any taste then. <laughs> if it's drink whatever, that's like you're telling I, me you'll drink Pepsi or Pepsi I Max, prefer, Perry, Pepsi Cola. I prefer yeah. full fat over Diet Coke. Okay. But I drink more Diet Coke just because of the amount of sugar I have in my diet by choice. Because okay. I love it. So I'm like, I can have Thank another you. chocolate so bar if preference. I have a Diet Coke. But I prefer the taste of full fat Coke because sugar. However, I do prefer the taste of Pepsi Max over Coke. <gasps> you prefer Pepsi to Coke? Pepsi Max. You So hold on. So okay, run me a tear if your favorite your favorite drink. I thought we were doing what kind of when Coke yeah no comes we were going to go shapes. into that but now I'm we've sidetracked because you're you've got some diabolical tastes. <laughs> so wait, run me run me through. What's your preference of? Well, let's stick to colas. Are we doing fizzy drinks? Yeah. Are we doing fizzy drinks mixed with anything else? I just said stick to colas. Right, colas, 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 colas. Um, but that's just Pepsi and Coke, right? Yeah. Okay, Pepsi Max, top. Right. I don't know what it is. I think it might be from working in a bar for years and like just getting... Working in a bar for years? Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) But like getting like a... a I worked in a bar. But getting a sneaky little shot of Pepsi Max when you're like on bar, just being like, go, 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 like in the middle of an order when you've been serving mad. You and the rest of the bar staff are having very different sneaky shots. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no... (laughs) Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm aware most bartenders steal drinks. It's cool. Not, um, not on my bar, because we are vigilant and I am a snitch. <laughs> you're, you're an absolute snake. You Snitches get stitches, Ruby's covered in them. <laughs> can I, can I a, a small side note, because of course we're just doing side notes. Um, but we are going back to you, too. We are going stuff. to go back Go on. To um, the, uh, the, bar that I, um, my, the bar that I used to work at full time, and I'll just work occasionally when I need to, and my mm-hmm. mate's bar, and I love it very much. Um, last week, right? You know, it was quite hot. Yeah, you know, roasted. And it was a nice sunny week. Mm-hmm. Last week took um, uh, a hundred grand net. So that <gasps> meant that means a hundred and twenty thousand pounds over the till. On Thursday, forty six thousand pounds in one day. What? I know. Like the cost of living crisis affects other people in different ways. <laughs> forty six grand in a day. In a day. Isn't that mad? Why don't we own a pub? I know, but no, it's this pub in particular. It's yeah, it's right by a train station, isn't it? It's quite, not that it's not a great pub, but it is very much location-based. The location for business. it is absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. Anyway. Fucking hell, the 46 grand. I'm just me swimming and, in a and sea of 46 grand. <laughs> 46 grand of it. And a quite a lot of it is going to be on wastage on stock for little little zaps of Pepsi Max for this lady. <laughs> 
Listen, if you're taking in 46 grand, I reckon you're entitled to a couple of Pepsi Maxes. I reckon the cost-benefit analysis there outweighs. But I think there's like something psychological there about why I like Pepsi Max. Right, I well, I I gravely disagree. But so you're saying Pepsi Max mm. num- number one, number num- one, number two, uh, full fat Coke, full fat Coke. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you don't like Pepsi Max cherry, Pepsi Max. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. Pure. I don't Ugh. like when they start bringing the flavors. Mm. Mm. No, I don't trust anybody who likes all those ones as well. Like it's a bit much. It's, yeah, it's too much. Like a Dr Pepper, if that's counted as a cola, right at the bottom. Really? Okay, same. I don't like it either. So wait, you're going Pepsi Max? Pepsi Max one. Then full fat Coke. Full fat Coke. Then Diet Coke. Then Diet Coke. Then what? Then probably... What about Coke Zero? Mm, then... Because Coke Zero, as far as I'm aware, and I'm a DC gal. Mm. DC till the cows come home, right? I'm a basic bitch. I'm a millennial woman. It is Diet Coke flowing through my veins. <laughs> um, but as far as I'm aware, Coke Zero is supposed to be more taste like full fat coke but is still zero sugar is it apparently i've just never, do you never get coke zero i've just never gone that far you've never gotten you've never once had coke zero <laughs> no. what well you can't even rank your favorite colas if you haven't tried one of the main players in the game that's why it's got what about full fat pepsi so you're going pepsi max where does full fat pepsi come in that's like fine that then just feels so like so you go from a non-sugar drink or yeah. like a sugar replacement or whatever you call it to then full fat again i i truly believe it's psychological psychological that's like a a psychological psychological so you you're going pepsi max full fat coke diet coke then where are we going wait where it was we've got full fat pepsi we've got then 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 we've got coke zero and then we've got coke cherry i don't know Uh, and then all of those bottom 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 Put them in the bin. So you, you make no sense. Uh, sorry, but then okay. Then rank the receptacle. Uh, glass, can, um, tap, and then a big bottle. Yes, a big bottle as opposed to a little bottle. Oh, a little bottle. Oh no. Do you know the, the, the right? Part of me is really. You know the new lids that they've got for the bottles. Yeah, and where they're me. like they're attached. Yeah, yeah. Partly, I'm grateful because me and my little buttery fingers keep losing <laughs> buttery <lids>. fingers. <laughs> we keep losing those little lids. Just and let's face it, we're two women who constantly have hand cream on our eggs <laughs> and riddle hands. Yeah. So yeah, I know what you mean. So I keep losing that lid, and so and then if it goes on the floor, I'm like, well, that lid is now dead to me, and I, I've got to drink a whole bottle in one. Yeah, I'm not gonna. But so it's like when you go to a stadium or a concert, you yeah. know, and they're like, we have to. T- oh. I Actually, that's curious. How are they working that now? Because now all the lids are attached, but they used to, do you know, I don't know how many sporting events you've been to, but they they would always make you basically, if they, you're like, oh, can I get a bottle of Coke? They'd unscrew the top and not yeah. give the lid to you because if you put the lid on like an empty bottle or a full one even, it can be used as like a, um, uh, you can throw it as a projectile. There we go. Yeah. So it can be a projectile. So what are they doing now that the lids are attached? Maybe they just curious. pour it out into a plastic bottle. Curious plastic and curious. Glass. The ripple effect goes mm. so far and so wide. But it, um, <laughs> just footballers getting absolutely fucking <laughs> clattered. <laughs> no, but like, is this saving the planet? It's, is this really helping? It's for the turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Save the whales, kill the footballers. <laughs> hey, um, to be honest, mm, <laughs> I think that's a good environmental strategy. Okay. Um, but the, but but the only thing I'm not enjoying about them is they're really hard to put the lid 
actually on. Back on. Yes, I, I agree. Keep, I keep pouring drinks out everywhere because I think the lid's on and then it falls over and then uh, I've got liquid everywhere. Frustrating. Right, so come on, rank the receptacle. She's in glass bottle, obviously. Yeah, glass bottle, God can. Here. Can. Fountain. Yeah, tap. And then... and then Tap. Oh, she's gone. Yeah, okay. and then and then plastic little bottle, then plastic big bottle. Plastic little bottle, then big bottle. Okay, I would say I agree. Mm. Other than sometimes, I would say there is a difference between gun, mm. which is what we get a lot of the UK here behind bars and stuff like this. And for some reason, fountain drinks, but particularly, I don't have to say, I think it's, maybe it's the level of carbon, car, carbon monoxide, whatever the fuck you put in it. No. Carbon monoxide. Car, not carbon monoxide. <laughs> Man, I knew they were bad for you. I just didn't think they were literally literally gonna, gonna kill you. <laughs> literally, it's killing yourself. Okay, guys. Um, no. Um, That's funny. The in America, fountain drinks for some reason, like a McDonald's Coke or a Diet Coke in America, just hits different. Oh yeah. It really does, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's. But when I was there, I was like, fountain drinks here are better than fountain drinks at home. Mm. So I would say glass bottle. Mm particularly Spanish Diet Coke. For some reason, it's better. Don't talk to me. I don't know why. <laughs> it's going to be awkward doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, what, what I'm telling you with my Diet Coke receptacle choices is that I'm a well-traveled woman. <laughs> okay. I've got Diet Coke in Spain. Like, I've had Diet Coke in America. That's right. She's cultured. It's like when people go, oh, it's only champagne if it's from uh, that region in France. And you're going, oh, it's only Diet Coke from a bottle <laughs> if it's from Spain. It was only the Spain is the absolute. Well, because theirs is light, isn't it? In Spain, it's like coca light. Ooh. They don't say diet. Theirs says like light, I think. Um, isn't that right? I think so. I think I'm right. <laughs> Let's assume I'm right. I've never been wrong. We so. always do. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, can I tell you what happened on the way here? Oh, yes, please. This is what I want to hear. So I teased this to you and I just remembered it. Right, so talking of a well-traveled woman, right? So I've been all around the globe. I've got on public transport all over the place. I've been on metros. Mm. I have been on subways. Mm. I have been on the Lewis, the overground tram in Ireland (laughs) (laughs) that has two lines. Do they connect? No. (laughs) Why would we do that? Why would we connect the north side of the city to the south side of the city? Ridiculous. Absurd. Um, well, they're trying to actually build a connection now because they set it up 10 years ago and then they were like, maybe we fucked up. And Catherine's been banging on their door. I'm like, hello? <laughs> no. The Irish Transport Office is beyond repair. Trust me. <laughs> Donegal, shout out. They don't have a single train. In a whole county, it's a big county of Ireland, not a single train. That's wild. Oh, it's not that shocking. Sligo barely has any. Oh, we have no trains in Ireland. There's none. We've like, basically the only trains we have are ones that go up and down from Dublin. There's no like interconnecting. Yeah, and it's, we used to have loads and then new lads left and we no money for infrastructure. It's a whole fucking thing. Anyways, <laughs> getting back to it, Ruby. Okay, okay, right? Yeah. I could try anything to be English. <laughs> anything. The Lewis only having two lines, they aren't connected. It was the English. <laughs> the English did that. Right? Oh, I'm sorry. The colours are green and red. <laughs> We'd never have a blue line in Ireland. <laughs> um, okay, so 
Uh, what was I saying? Oh, public transport. Yeah. Been all over the world, right? And I today jumped on. I was coming from one line. Just have to do a quick change to get here. And I jumped on. I I was only going one stop. So I just stayed in the middle bit. And I stood there. And today, as we've mentioned, is hot. So I'm in my little floaty summer dress and my Birkenstocks. Okay, so I stand up and I'm looking at my phone, just da da da. And then I sort of realise, you know, the feeling of like, I'm being looked at. Someone's looking at me, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, okay, someone's checking out the goods. <laughs> okay, sir, that's right. Just a girl in a sundress going about her business. Yeah. So then I like look, right? And I, it was weird because then I was like, no one's looking at me. And then I look over and there's this businessman, like full suit, shirt, nice shoes, whatever else. He's got like a briefcase bag with him or whatever else. And he is staring with like the most, the what I can say is, look, I've only seen in a dog looking at its dinner. Oh. But not really at me, at my feet. Oh. I know. No. And I was like, so much so that I was like, wait, he's not, no way. He's not staring <gasps> at my feet. I was like, no way. And then I was like, he's probably just doing that thing, which I've done before in the tube, where you're like staring into the distance and you don't realise, and then you realize, like you see movement in front of you and you're like, oh, what? And then you realise, oh my God, I've been staring at that person. Yeah. So I was like, he's doing that, right? He's, he's thinking about his business thing, how much he wants the deal. So he looks hungry and that's why he's looking at my feet. So I sort of shuffle my feet and I move. You know, yeah. you just like stand over slightly, move slightly to be like, whatever else. And then look back five seconds later, nope, he is staring. I have moved my feet. They are not in the same eye line. I have entirely moved the eye line. I have shuffled the feet. And he's staring at them. And I'm like, oh my God, I've never, I've never dealt with a foot fetisher before. I have never, I've never seen it or whatever else. So then I was like, really? I basically started laughing. I was like, this man has no idea. He was so absorbed in my feet, right? That he hadn't in any way clocked that I had fully clocked what was going on. He wasn't like, you know, you know the way when men normally ch like check you out or mm. like whatever else in the tube. And again, I I think foot fetishes are fine. I think you're allowed to have foot fetish. I don't think it's creepy. I'm not here to kink shame. But I think that the foot fetish thing maybe indicates that this man is a creep because no matter what it is, a woman, you know, or, or yeah. any person that you're attracted to on the tube. I've been there. There was a really fit man reading a book the other day on the tube and that'll just do it for me. Yeah. Like a really good looking man <laughs> sprawled over legs crossed. And I was like, Doing everything I've got, but it's glances. You like throw, yeah. you like look for a second Staring. and then stare away and then you look over and stare away. It's, it's you know, we don't have fan. Actually, I do have a fan on me because it's so hot. <laughs> so essentially, pretend I'm using my fan and like throwing a glance, right? Yeah. And maybe you let them know just like a little bit. But this man was staring. No, any so staring is wrong. It's so wrong. So I like I was like, he's not even doing the thing of like looking at my feet and then looking around to see if anyone's noticed. He is just absorbed. My toes have got him in their absolute clutches. So I was stood there and I was like, this is hilarious. Like I and again, this is all in like one stop. So this is all happening in the space of like two minutes. And I was like, oh. My God, he's like staring at my feet. And my feet, I don't have my nails painted at the minute. Like they're not, uh, they're just normal looking feet. And I was like, oh my God. So then <laughs> as we pulled up into the, as we pulled up into the top before, you know, when you like pull into the station, people start moving and stuff. I was just like, what can I do? I want him to like, re I want him to realize he's been caught, that I've seen this. So I just basically lifted up on both um, one of my toes and basically waved my toes at him. <laughs> I just like lifted my toes up and went and I could see him be like and then he looked up at me and I was like 
and looked down at my feet and him as in like, what are you doing? And then he was like, and just got really like, oh God, oh no, oh God. And then I like got off the tube. I was like, bye, weirdo. Hey, we all got something out of that interaction. I like, but it was so fun. I was like, I can fully do this because I'm, so I was just like, woo, wave my toes. I'm doing it now. And it was the type of thing no one else saw our clock. Because again, who's staring at my toes waving? Apart from this man who is intently staring at my feet. So foot fetish is out there. I'm on to you, motherfuckers. Oh, you were getting off at that stop, so you're like, I'm out of here. I don't I'm have like, to deal bah. with this I waved him goodbye with my feet. I was like, bye. I love I'd, l- I'd love to, like, I've actually kicked off the sand. I've been like, bye. <laughs> Wave the whole foot of them. I love the fact that, like, usually when people go, hey, my eyes are up here. It's, like, not that far. Yeah, so yeah. You have to be like, hey, hey, damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, mate. You can do it all the way up, all the way up, all the way up. <laughs> no stopping. He gets stuck at the knees. He's like, wow, look at them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely mad. I never experienced it before. But I was just thinking, summer must be a foot fetish's dream because everyone's out and about in sandals. Yeah. <gasps> the foot fetishes are out to play. Oh my god, that's insane. I know. I love that, Catherine. You're so bold. And also, but I was thinking, like, money's tight, uh, hard at the minute. My like, can you do OnlyFans for feet? Because I actually realised when he was staring at my feet, I was like, I don't mind at all if someone stares gonna, at my feet. I feel like I need to put this bit in um, for my dad, who when I had this call with him on Father's Day, he's like, "Oh, been listening to your podcast." And I was like, "Of course you have." And he oh, yeah, said, "Fran's listening as well." And he said, "I will admit it was a bit hard to listen to you guys talk about Sid Fesh or something." I was like, "No, that was just fun, a bit, bit, bit of fun. That was just like a bit of banter." And now we're doing it again. And Dad, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Les, I apologise, but look, it isn't. I'm not bringing this up. A man on the tube fetishized my feet. <laughs> and if you expect me to not talk about that, Les, then we don't even know each other. <laughs> you don't know who I am, okay? <laughs> of course I had this happen. Thought, I'm on my way to a podcast. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I sprung out of that tube station, delighted with myself. <laughs> not that it is okay to fetishize or make people feel weird or creepy but for whatever reason I just very much felt like I I think because he wasn't like glancing at them he was I could tell I was like he has completely lost control like in a, I was like I am I I just felt like I had the power in this situation so I was like completely fine with it but it made me feel like I was like hell I don't care if someone looks at my feet so maybe I should start profitizing <laughs> off this I'm not above it. I am not above it. And I've got some ideas for you. Anagrams on the toes. No, anyway. we're not doing that. <laughs> not doing that. Next. <laughs> Anyways, any any fun facts? Any fun chat from you? Uh, yeah, I wanted to. Basically, no. I was. Um, I went to a party on Saturday. You did. You I haven't told me anything about it. I went to a party. It's getting to the stage where me and Ruby basically were like, "Oh, I went to this thing. I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll tell you on the podcast." <laughs> so now we don't talk to each other. Basically, this podcast but, has been terrible for our friendship. But basically, I'm a bit worried about bumping into the person whose party it was again. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure they. Okay, don't. how many men did you lift up? One, but that's not the story. Okay. <laughs> no. One isn't too bad for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was um, <laughs> basically. Gosh. So it's my it was my mate's birthday. He was having a house party. We also like most mates of his brother. His brother was there. I feel like it's important to say that I was chatting to two brothers at this point. Okay, sure, yeah, it's important to know. And my mate, he went, "Oh, Ruby, what's that?" And his brother went, "Yeah, there's something on your shirt." And I looked down, and they both did that thing. <laughs> <laughs> What age are these men? <laughs> like, like our age, like like twenties. Cool. <laughs> I was so 
angry. <laughs> <laughs> because also they both, because like they're brothers and being the younger sibling and all of that, they both started being like, Whoa, you got got, we got you, we double got you, yeah! And like high-fiving and I was like, I'm going to make you regret this. <laughs> I also, the, I am just so impressed with these lads. They picked the perfect victim. I feel like a lot of other people were like, did you just do that kid thing to me? Ruby's like, right, fight by the monkey bars now. <laughs> what I did is I, um, we were in their garden. I was like, I'm going to make you regret this. And I stormed into their kitchen and I hid all of his teaspoons. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Just around his kitchen. Like one went into a porridge, um, a cereal box. Another one went in amongst the celery. Another one went in a tent that they had on top of the. Um, <laughs> the They're not the finding that one for a while. No, exactly. So I hid all of his teaspoons. Did you tell him you'd hid them? No. Um, so were they just going to be like, what the fuck? They're going to wake up tomorrow morning, try and make their morning cereal or breakfast, uh, and going to be like, whoa. Anyway, so I did start to feel a bit guilty because he doesn't live by himself. He's got housemates. Oh, yeah. And one of the housemates walked through and I was like, hey, I need to tell you something that I've done because I'm worried. Like, it's because Jack's annoyed me, but like, I just want to tell you so that, like, so you're not mad at me. He was like, what have you done? And I went, <laughs> and I went, I hid all your teaspoons. And he went, oh, I don't care. And he walked off and I went, I'm going to make you care. And I hid all their forks as well. What? <laughs> Ruby! <laughs> See, people say I'm hard on men. People say that I'm tough on men. That man just said, oh, I don't mind. And Ruby went, I'm going to fucking make you mind. Because, like, a teaspoon's annoying, but there's nothing that you need a teaspoon for that you can't use a big spoon or a fork for. But hiding forks on people's fucked. How the hell are they cutting up a steak? A spoon? Just two big spoons? They've got the big spoons and their knives. Again, some things need a fork. I mean that that is good. That is good. So uh, yeah, it is my favorite thing to hide people's cutlery. I haven't done it at your house, but then again, yes, you haven't annoyed me at your say, house. And the fun thing is, I feel I feel like you, because I feel like for a lot of people, they might be like, oh, hiding cutlery, like, haha, that's a bit of fun. I think if someone hid your cutlery, you would freak the fuck out. Yeah, but that's just mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> And what that you're the only one with it? It's exclusive to you. What I'm saying is, you pick the thing that you're like, mm, that would cause me a meltdown. Let me do it to others. Let me test their melting wellness. It's like a challenge you propose to people. Interesting, maniacal boobing. Crazy, right? Well, given how you've been diabolical this week. <laughs> And I've dealt with the diabolical. Shall we give some advice? Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. That one. Okay. So my phone. I'll do that one later because we've got an interesting. Okay. So this one's really interesting. Basically, the paper, which is the ladies' newspaper Mm -hmm. of October 1848. October 1848. So like mm, 170 something years ago, more. 1848. 1848. Yeah, yeah. 1848. Okay, so basically what they did was they published a letter that they got and asked subscribers for their advice. 
and then published a subscriber letter. No, that's yeah. that's very cool. So it says, a delicate subject. We propose the gentleman who signs himself, Caleb, in the following note as a lottery prize in these steak-loving times. Steak spelled S-T, like, uh, like a steak, like a bet. Mm-hmm. Loving times. But before completing our scheme, beg to ask for our fair subscribers their advice with reference to the best means of carrying it out. So they they basically ask people for the advice. So I'll read you the letter. Okay. And then I think we should... This one, we're actually allowed to give our advice on. They asked. They asked. <laughs> they asked. They asked in 1848, but they did ask. We're a bit late, but a deadline, mm, whatever. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to change the name of the podcast. They did ask for agony. <laughs> okay, they did. They asked for it. Okay, we're changing it. Special episode. The ones they asked for. <laughs> Okay, so, Mr. Editor, I feel obliged to you for advice on a delicate subject. Italics. (laughs) I am a young man with the means of affording a wife, every comfort and many luxuries, and have met with many of the fair sex whom I would be too glad to make my own. But, I'm sorry, it's behind a thing, but this has been only at places of public resort, such as operas, picture galleries, horticultural shows, shops, etc. And I have no means of becoming acquainted with them by formal introductions. I am coxcomb, which means confident, Mm. coxcomb enough to flatter myself that some of these fair creatures are predisposed to receive and return my attentions. And they too, what are commonly called good, they are too, what are commonly called good matches. Hmm. What course do you recommend me to pursue? I am, sir, your obedient servant, Caleb. P.S. I am a gentleman, and my profession, one of the highest. So he's saying, basically, I am, I've got money, I can afford them every comfort and luxury, and I meet many nice women who are uh, good matches, and who I think would you know, they reciprocate my interest, but I have just no means of being formally introduced to them. Okay. What's your advice? Uh, if he has, does he have no means? So he's not got like... It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Why do you have no means Why of a formal introduction? such a gentleman with money and all this, and yet you have no way of having an introduction other than going and chatting to this like writing into this newspaper yeah right i think it's us mm, i mean the my if it without looking at it in a sus way it would be like okay well you've got a in whatever workplace you're in go to the, like the elders or the your workplace elders uh, what if he's he has his own shop i don't know if that's a gentleman's job oh fry the parents Via the parents, you think approach the girl's parents? Uh, I guess so. But I think the thing is that you're not supposed to have even, you d- you're not supposed to even know the women unless you've been formally introduced to them. So the parents might be like, how have you been interacting with our daughter when we didn't formally introduce you? Go do an old man hobby and meet old men. <laughs> old men? Yeah. So golf. Go play, yeah, go play, go play golf. Go play golf. And at golf, just constantly mention how you're single. <laughs> Ask anyone got any daughters. Yeah, that I think is good advice. <gasps> Yay! Yeah. Okay. So you think go play golf? Yeah. Meet some old men. Yeah. 
get get them to introduce them to your daughters. Don't flirt with the old men. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little, a little bit. Maybe a little, a little flattery never went don't astray. Be, don't be too good at golf. No. Be yeah, good yeah, competition yeah. for them. He probably but won't don't, be if it's not his normal job. Don't, but don't win. And then also, why are you so sus, though? <laughs> why are you so sus? You think it's suspicious? There's like a little smidge suspicion. I think suspicion. What do you think? Yeah. I agree. I think the golf advice is very good advice. Like, if you're a legit man and you've got money and means, you can enter into places and sort of introduce yourself to, yeah, like you say, mm. men, who then you you can be like, well, you know, I I'm 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 looking to take a wife. I blah, 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 get word out, and yeah, exactly, people would snap up. I think, like they say, if you're a lottery prize, if you're such a prize. Mm. If the women, there are women who are interested and you are so, you can provide them every luxury and means, why aren't people sort of uh, facilitating the introductions? Okay, well, I read you what the subscriber wrote in. Oh, you're smirking already. What's happened? Okay. A delicate subject to the editor, because that's what they called on a delicate subject. To the editor, sir, your correspondent Caleb's case is puzzling. If he had made choice of one of his many immortals, like someone who's enamoured, we might devise some scheme to aid his views. But our ideas of the all-powerful love, quote, a feeling so subtle in overcoming obstacles, leads us to think somewhat meanly of his abilities. We cannot say that we admire him for his conceit in imagining these damsels are equally delighted with himself. <laughs> Let him be sure of possessing the requisite qualities for a good husband, not place his reliance upon his wealth or personal attractions, for they are as dross when compared to the inestimable treasures of the mind and heart. Let him, we say, think of all this. Decide upon one, and then we advise him to adopt the more honourable course of applying at once to the mama of his fair object. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. With many apologies for our plain-spoken opinions. <laughs> we remain, sir, your ever-obedient servants. Veritas Ephides, which means truth and faith, sign off. The Ladies' Newspaper, November 1848. So they basically said... Um, we don't believe you <laughs> yeah. because if these women were in love with you, they would have, which I agree. Yeah, right? they would have. And I'm very much like, if I'm like, oh my God, I fancy this man. Blah, blah, and you're like, sorry, we need to do some admin of getting a formal introduction. I'd be like, Grant, hey, Ruby, <laughs> I need, you need to introduce your dad to this man, get him to introduce him to my dad. Like, women scheme. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, we, we do nothing if we don't, we are scheming all the time. They've literally got nothing to do in that era. We, uh, it's all we can fill our days with is scheming. So, <laughs> <laughs> we women if you were like I love this man and he's such a great match uh, hmm. um, such a great catch the women your fair objects would have schemed to organise oh yeah we can figure out the introduction thing I can 
figure out the way where I formally am supposed to know you and then bish bash bosh we'll get married great but that's not happening so they're like uh sus you don't I don't think these women care for you the way you seem to care for them because no one has sought he's like mm, I can't seem to get a formal introduction ever everyone's like oh my god don't look him in the eye don't look at that man I don't know him don't know him. oh my god do not introduce me to him because then I have to act like I know him do I do not know that man he's do the, not introduce me uh 18th oh no 17th century yeah uh, no 19th century that's 19th, 19th century. century he's the 19th Century. Nice guy. Yo, I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. I've he got probably smells. He's probably annoying. Like, what? What about your friends? Are your friends not going out or courting women and meeting? Like, are you like maybe you're a drip? And also, he said, "I'm coxcombing enough." One of these guys is like, uh, "Look, I'm I'm confident enough to say that they buy me back." Bullshit. <laughs> I disagree. I I also enjoy that this was the one where they said, "Oh yeah." Um, our readers you can reply yeah they would have got loads of replies I don't know how many but there would have been m- multiple yeah. and the fact they went let's go for this scaving roasting this one. one this, this one. is the one that we agree with and then we're going to go we didn't say it yeah, yeah <laughs> it exactly. wasn't us we would never tell a gentleman <laughs> like you to not be a prick <laughs> but yeah also they're like yeah your qualities so basically I think they're like okay you say you're like good looking or have wealth get your mind and your heart together because clearly you've got a personality problem (laughs) there's a problem here and then when they're like yeah once you figure that out then you can introduce yourself to the mother of the subject like easy done but I liked it they're like with many sorry for my plain spoken opinions sorry for being so brutal and grift no need to apologise here okay this is plain spoken as is but yeah so interesting that is interesting. I know. I like that one. I like that they asked asked the crowd. It was audience participation. I, I like the idea as well that the, this is just you in the 18th century. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> this is just, if we go back in time, it's your doppelganger. Being like, <laughs> bullshit. Oh, oh, but also, if it's me running the advice column, I'll be like, we've asked the public. <laughs> me. <laughs> People signing off in Latin as well. Oh, bougie. <laughs> I think they did write it themselves, actually, because they're like, with many apologies for our plain spoken opinions, we remain, sir, your most obedient servant. I thought Veritas et fide. Truth and faith. Mm. I'm like, okay, mm, this okay. is just someone who writes an advice column in a paper, but you're a devoted servant. <laughs> I think you wrote this yourself. Well, it is the women's newspaper and they are talking to a man. Yeah, so, the ladies' newspaper know. written to a sir. Feminism so who knows? wasn't quite up to scratch then. Who knows? Okay, we're not far off time-wise, the next one. Mm-hmm. This one was, uh, again, it's just one where it's just the reply. Okay, just the reply. Just the reply. The Family Friend, 1852. 1852, yes. Similar time frames, similar time frames. Okay, it's called A Wife's Duties. A wife should endeavour to make her home as comfortable as possible Mm. so that her husband Mm. may always look forward with pleasure to the time when he reaches home. That system of gossiping, dot, 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 when a woman exposes her husband's failings, she breaks her marriage vow. (laughs) Whatever may be the private character of her husband, it should be defended rather than laid open to attack. Whoa, 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 whoa. I feel like in the middle there was a whole like <laughs> change of subject. So basically, I think that they're saying that th- th- this is what your duty should be. 
So obviously, I reckon this wife was like, I was talking to my friends about the fact that my husband's a prick. Uh, do you think that's wrong? And they're like, a wife should be doing this, okay. not gossiping. Uh, huh. Also, the system of... Go- when a woman exposes her husband's failings, she breaks her marriage vows. Oh, that- Every marriage I know is broken. <laughs> <laughs> Mum, you're normally listening. You and Dad divorced. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Like absolute bollocks. Where he's, you're not allowed to talk about the fact that he's a prick. Whatever the private character or husband, it should be defended rather than laid open to attack. No, ridiculous. So this rinse that man for all he's worth. This implies that a woman messaged in being like, oh, I'm having a bit of like trouble with my husband. And they go, uh, sorry, aren't you supposed to be tidying the living room? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I feel like they might, like it might have also been like, oh, I was speaking to my friend. My husband, you know, gets so annoyed that I mention him to my friends or something like this. And they're like, your duty is to make the home comfortable so that he can't and he can't wait to come home. Okay. Women- Where the fuck else is he supposed to go? We literally just said, like, women in the 19th century, all they have is scheming and all gossiping. All we have! All we have is... scheming! <laughs> all we have is gossiping. You can't take this away from us as well. You can't. What more have we got? What are you supposed to do? What is the whole point of having a husband if not to bitch about him? <laughs> from what I can glean, that's what marriage is all about. <laughs> Again, shout out, Mum. No. <laughs> Joking. Very happily married. Um... But I ridiculous breaking your marriage vows. Oh, so if he doesn't come home, or if he beats her, right? She's not allowed to say anything. Or if he's abusive, or he's just like a shit prick, he's not breaking his marriage vows. But if she dares mention it to a friend, oh, marriage vows broken. Back off. Back off. Let women gossip. <laughs> Anyways, that was just a quick one where I was like, don't tell us what to do. Right? Don't don't tell us what we can and can't chat about with our mates. Yeah. If I want to gossip, I'll gossip, okay? And if we want to also give advice, that is also fine. Yes. We're allowed to say what. If no one asks for it, that's fine. <laughs> but sometimes they do ask. Sometimes they do ask, you're, okay? You're supposed to be kind. They did ask for agony. Yeah, listen. Also, if your husband gets mad at you for that, just cry. Oh, Surely yeah. that's the benefit of being a woman in 1852. You can just cry your way out of any problems. Even right? if you do make your break your marriage vows, just cry. Just be like, oh, I forgot because I can't read. <laughs> I forgot what they said. <laughs> I got busy sewing. Ooh. I like, but you shagged the butcher. I was just confused. <laughs> <laughs> just play. If they're gonna act like you're dumb, just play fucking dumb. I'm so, sometimes I really question whether the things we are saying are feminist. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, it's a fine line. It's a very fine line. But I think in 18... Well, speaking of feminists, actually, the next problem is interesting. But I think it's a fine line in 1852 of, like, what is feminist action? So I think sometimes it is useful when it, when you're presented with, like, misogynistic things mm. to show them how ridiculous the... Uh, their presumption is so like the idea that like you know I don't know like an unmarried woman is unvaluable or something you're like okay you think that I won't I won't do anything and they're like oh but that's that's ridiculous and you're like cool but you said that so sometimes Mm. I think uh, illustrating the stupidity of someone's point is a good way of undermining it look at me justifying my bullshit (laughs) (laughs) everything I just said I pulled directly out of my ass (laughs) 
But hey, what can I say? Hey, I were can... you the debate team team captain? I was the debate team captain, captain of the Rigby Jones debate team in 2010. <laughs> okay. Yes, I was. <laughs> I would just say anything about anything. I'll make you prove it's right. How do I not work in sales? Anyways. <laughs> just get my feet out and be like, you like that? Okay. <laughs> I'll just I'll just use and abuse my powers. Okay, so this one is from the ladies' newspaper again. Mm-hmm. 1859. Have they crowdsourced? Have they crowdsourced? No, they did not crowdsource. (laughs) This is not a crowdsource problem, would you believe? Uh, 1859. So all in a similar time frame. We're all in a very similar time. And speaking of feminism, this is interesting who they mention, right? So, uh, uh, Latia, Latia. It is not unusual. This is, sorry, I should say. This is again one of these where the problem is wrapped into the answer. Mm -hmm. So Latia, it is not unusual Many orators have a similar habit. Do you know Do you know what an orator is? Is it something to do with speaking? Yes. Okay. So a great orator is someone who is a great speaker, someone who can hold debate, someone who is masterful of language and commanding presence, someone who has charisma, someone who, I don't know, might be the captain of the Rip Jones debate team <laughs> in 2010. They might be considered a great orator. <laughs> You know, but just par example, okay? <laughs> just for example, just to try and help illustrate the point, okay. just to educate you, Ruby, <laughs> just to try and help inform you what's going on. Okay, and I'm very grateful. Thank you. Yes, so I'm an amazing orator. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it is not unusual. Many orators have a similar habit. Madame de Stael could never enter into an intellectual combat without something to occupy her hands. It was her custom always to have a twig of popular with two or three leaves on it, which she invariably twirled about as a sort of accompaniment to her words. She used to declare that she would be dumb without it. Okay, unable to speak. Not dumb like stupid, like dumb like Crosby. And even when she went to parties, some substitute was always provided. So now... Madame de Stael. <gasps> research. Have uh, we done research? I have done a s- good five-minute Google. <laughs> okay, so get me a PhD. Hello? <laughs> okay, so let me tell you. So, Madame de Stael. Um, okay. Madame de Stael was a politically engaged woman of letters who survived the French Revolution and was exiled, she was French, more than once by Napoleon. <laughs> she was a writer. She was a political... Um, uh, sort of activist and uh, she did um, where is it here she was born to the philosophers blah, 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 whatever yeah but anyways this quote is from her so okay. speaking of feminism ought not every woman like every man to follow the bent of her own talents <laughs> so should you not follow your own path of your own talents I agree Madame de Stael I agree and you should start a newspaper <laughs> she was a politically engaged so she used to hold salons do you know, like back in the day, salons? Um, so it used to be like a thing back in like the, I think people try and sort of emulate them now, but it used to be a thing back in the day. I know it was like in France when like, um, um, all like there was that, like uh, all the writers, oh my God, what's his name? The American writer who lived in France. Oh, Jesus. Anyways, whatever. Um, 
people used to hold salons where they would read bits of writing or poems or sing and it was seen as like in, uh, in, like a load of intellectuals would like gather around in like someone's living room so like in a parlor or something and ho host a salon where it was just like basically you were invited if you were deemed like interesting or mm. smart or artistic or I think maybe just there was you know funny people there and stuff um so she she um produced literary works, both critical and fictional, that made her their mark on European romanticism. She travelled a lot and met many politicians, artists and writers that, uh, and was renowned for her cosmopolitanism and her discreet feminism. Hmm. She was the only child of a prominent Swiss banker. Um, oh, wait. Jumanneke. Yeah, yeah. She was celebrated for her conversational eloquence. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so basically she was born and who, oh yeah, and she hosted some of the most popular salons of France. Uh, Ray, born and raised according to the liberal principles of the philosopher Jean-Jacques Rousseau, she would regularly join her mother's salon because her mother used to host salon. At the age of 13, she had already read Shakespeare and Dante. So she was just like very smart. Uh, and she was like married to a diplomat. She published letters and writings. And then, yeah, she stood up. She became very politically engaged and stood up. She tried to be like a bit of a voice of reason in the French Revolution. And then Napoleon was like, get the fuck out. Because Napoleon was a psycho dictator. Mm. So, yeah, what an amazing gal. But it mentions here, basically, going back to the problem. The problem is essentially, what do you do with your hands when you're <sighs> chatting? What do you do with your hands when you're chatting? Which is and it says, constantly. so she died in, oh, it's here, 1817. She was 1766 to 1817. And this is in 1859. So a couple of years later. Or like, what, 50 years? No, 40 years later. So but if you look, there's a portrait here. And look at what she's holding in the portrait. She's holding the twig. The twig with the couple of leaves so clearly it was like a very sort of it was like a motif of hers it was like uh, like such a signifier of hers so this woman who was known for being so eloquent such a great speaker a hoster of salons whatever else she used to have something to twiddle on her fingers she had a fidget toy yeah she had a fidget spinner <laughs> she had a 17th century or an 18th century fidget spinner Oh would you believe? And it was a twirl. And I love the idea, though, that they're like, she used to declare that she would be done without it. And even when she went to parties, some substitute was provided. What was the substitute for the twig and the leaves that they were providing? <laughs> for me, it's a bottle of Peroni. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Do you know, it was so funny. I was at a games night on uh, Sunday and we were like playing a game. It's basically like traitors, like mafia, where you had to see like someone was a killer. And I was like peeling the label off a beer bottle. And my mate was like, look, you're tense. You're all stressed out. You're peeling the ball, you're, the label off the beer bottle. I went into the recycling bin, pulled out the three other beer bottles I drank with all the labels taken <laughs> off. I was like, this is nothing new. <laughs> I am a fidgeter. I've always been, a, I'm an intense fidgeter. And it was funny. I did the other day something like this. And my friend was like, oh, look, I'm doing Catherine. And I was like, what? She was like, you're always doing this with your hands. You're always fidgeting with your no, hands. But that's just because we've got hand cream on constantly. We've got hand <laughs> slippery, slippery hands. We're constantly wringing our hands of hand cream. I mean, I do that. I always have a hairband on my wrist. I've even got one now and I will fiddle with the hairband. I do it while like I'm at work. Yeah, constantly. Stuff. I'm constantly fiddling with things. But when you're nervous, well, I don't think on stage do I ever, I love the mic, I think but is a really, holding the no, mic is... I can't, do, I did a gig a while ago and there was no mic because it was just like in 
they were like, oh, the mic's broken, basically, but the room wasn't, like, that big. They were like, oh, if you just speak loudly, which I was like, <laughs> no problem here. But I was like, can I still hold the mic? Because I tried doing it without, and then I just picked up the mic. And even when I sometimes at home, like, I'm trying to run through bits before a gig or before my work in progress, I don't even realise I, like fake hold the mic yeah i, do I can't not i need something to and then one hand is gesticulating doing this and this and this and this and then the other hand's like just holding the mic i think it's one it's giving your hand something to do and it's keep, yeah. giving keep, keeping that grounded but two i think it's useful to the audience because it gives it makes you it adds it puts a bit more of that fourth wall and it doesn't feel like one person yelling just into a room chatting to everyone it talking. gives a oh this is the performer it's like a sick but some people don't use mics you know some people purpose it like uh, i remember michael McIntyre. he came and did some whips at our venue and he uses a stage like a radio mic and he the radio mic went down and he and we like the stage manager brought on a corded mic and he was like no i'm just i just won't use a mic he like refused to use a mic mm. um he just wanted because he and he always like flounces around on stage and stuff but it was funny because it's a small little stage it was like he was doing just like work in progress show to like 70 people it was a small little stage not one he could flounce around much but he just didn't want anything in his hands I remember because he's just so he's got so much movement in I him. know but it was so weird to me that I was like oh my god I couldn't be without my little microphone I love my little, I love my little microphone actually you and I when we lived together do you remember we once had to do zoom gigs oh yeah and, and we, we had <laughs> we had a microphone in the house that used to be the top of our Christmas tree because <laughs> it was a house full of comedians it was great but yeah we held that so that we just had something to hold because zoom gigs are awkward enough mm. but also I was like I can't sit to, sitting down and doing materials rough so I was like, I want to stand up. But then, yeah, we Wasn't held that also mic. the one where that was my first day of having COVID? And so we were both originally going to do it in the living room and watch each other. And then we had to be like, okay, we're in separate rooms. <laughs> we had like bad Wi-Fi. Yeah. And your room got, your and I rooms were upstairs and got weaker Wi-Fi signals. So originally the plan was that we would both be in the living room, share one laptop and like whatever. So the Wi-Fi would be like stronger. Then you fucking got COVID. But you were like, well, I have to come downstairs because my Wi-Fi is weak. I was like, I have to come downstairs because my Wi-Fi is weak. So you were in the living room on the same Zoom call that I was in the room next door, our housemate's bedroom, that I had to go in. And I had to do the, and we were just on Zoom to each other. And we had to like tell everyone else on the Zoom, we we're like, yeah, so me and Ruby are in the same house. And when she's doing her material, I'm going to jump off the Zoom so as to conserve the streaming energy. <laughs> and then when I'm on, she's going to jump off. But it's not rude. We've like agreed it beforehand. And everyone was just like, what the fuck? I also say, that was my first day. I think I had one injection by that point. It was still. I was so rough. I like yeah. I conserved all of my energy for like five minutes. Did the five minutes and then just like collapsed on the <laughs> sofa. But then had to like open up all the windows in that room, air it out. Yeah, yeah, I remember you were like, wipe no, down good room. I think if I leave all the windows open for two hours, it'll be fine. I'm like, I think we're probably grand. Like that was kind of the stage where COVID was everywhere. Where I was like, we're all getting on tubes and buses yeah. with masks, but. I think the living room, you were like spraying Dettol well, spray everywhere. The night before I did my test and found out I had COVID, I was in the living room with you having a chocolate milkshake from McDonald's. Oh, and yeah. we were chatting and I was like, yeah, I just felt really rough at work today. But like, it's just because I've been working low, so I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. And we chatted and then the next morning I was like, Catherine. Catherine, <laughs> I just tested positive. And I didn't, I never got it that time. You never got it I that time. I kept testing. Anyways, 
Anyways, I that's about it. <laughs> I think fidgeting is a perfectly good way to, like, if you need to fidget. I think sometimes you need to do something with a bit of nervous energy yeah. to allow yourself to flow. It's like, I even... So I'm, hold notes or hold a twig. Notes, what twig, could, hairband, what could be a new water thing? bottle. It's like why I, I often, if even if I'm not drinking, I'll go buy a lemonade or just uh, like a half pint or something so I can hold on to a glass. Yeah. Like, like just holding a glass, handy, uh, pens... Uh, what would be like a cool thing for people to hold on to that would be like oh that's so they're the so, like she's the twig girl oh you Madame want you want to be that. holding on to a conversation star no because I don't think she conversed about it but I just it's obviously like she was like a twig with one or two leaves it's interesting isn't it what could it be I, like maybe a cool feather <laughs> no I don't know I would heavily judge someone who's standing there yeah, just holding like a big, be trying to be a, a big prick. feather I'd be like so would I actually who the, who the fuck are you I said that and no I don't know maybe a headphone string I don't know I think to be fair honestly if someone was holding, hair? if someone was holding a stick you know when you go on a walk and you're like that's a good stick and you like oh what like a dog <laughs> I have a video of me actually once. The kid, one of the kids I nanny for used to play tennis. And uh, we used to just have to sit outside the tennis court for like, some people would sit inside it, but she had a younger brother who was like two and a half. And he would just, I couldn't have him in the court because he'd just be running around trying to chase the tennis balls like a dog. So we used to be outside and then he'd get annoyed with the balls. He'd want them to run around. So I used to just pick up a stick and throw it and make him chase it. I'm not, I have videos. I sent them to the parents. I'd be like, here you go, Yanni, Yanni. And I'd like throw the stick. I'd be like, fetch. And he'd like <laughs> run and be delighted. Grab the stick, bring it back to me. I'd throw it another way. We just used to do that for 45 minutes. <laughs> Nannying and raising a dog are like basically the same thing, guys. <laughs> basically the same thing. I can't believe you still don't find it like a good stick and go, I'm going to carry that with me. I carry really big sticks. <laughs> just be like, I love this. <laughs> I think it's when I nannied, the amount of times kids would be like, can you hold these? This is my really good leaf. This is my really good stone. And then I would go home and be like, why are my pockets filled with leaves and stones and twigs? That's why you don't go on walks with me anymore. <laughs> yes. I said I'm done nannying. <laughs> okay, right, Ruby. Shout about what you got to shout about. Uh, well, this would come out after my whip. <gasps> Ruby just had a successful I work in progress show. Such a successful She absolutely smashed it 4 p.m. on a so Sunday. Amazing. What an amazing time. It was such a good time to have a show, wasn't it? 4 p.m. Oh on a Sunday. God, it was an amazing good time to have a show. Oh my God. I highly recommend other people going to other events at 4 p.m. on a Sunday. In the same venue? In the same venue. Two North Down. Oh my God. Would you believe this Sunday? <laughs> at 4 p.m. at Two North Down. I have a work in progress show. You should come to it. Then the following Friday, I am in Falmouth. Yes. Doing the Falmouth Cringe. <laughs> yes, that's what it's called. Um, please tell anyone you know in Falmouth. I don't really know people down that way, I'll be honest. So if you guys know anyone in Falmouth, I think Penzance is near, St. Mars is a lovely place that's mm. near there. Tell people to come. It's on Friday at 9 p.m. Alison's Pittle is on at like 7 p.m., who Ooh. I fucking love. I'll be going to that show 10 out of 10%. And so that you can go to it and then go grab a drink and then come see another Irish woman. Oh my God, amazing. Win, 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 win all weekend. And then enjoy the Cornwall sunshine and spin. I can't wait to go first time. That Cornwall. sounds gorgeous. It's going to be great. Um, and then there'll be some more coming up later. You've got Edinburgh shows. Yeah, I've got Edinburgh. Ugh. Amazing. <laughs> um, like, subscribe. Please follow us. Please share. Please tell people. And have a good week. Goodbye. Have a lovely week. Goodbye. <laughs>